Welcome to episode 30 of Girl Take the Lead, where each week we explore womanhood and leadership. Erin Michalski joins me today to talk about happy cows. Yep, Erin is a cowgirl ranching in Colorado with her family at Eagle Rock Ranch. She has a very inspirational story because she wasn't always a rancher. She talks about her scary leap, working as a team on the ranch, and the bond we can all have with the land. We also explore the interesting question, what is our purpose in life? I think you'll find Erin courageous and inspirational. Oh yeah, and a very savvy marketing person. Just a shout out to one of our favorite listeners, Mary, who introduced me to Erin. Love you, Mary, and thanks for the introduction. And a big thank you to all of you for listening. We appreciate you very much. Here we go. Erin, welcome to Girl Take the Lead. We are so excited to have you here with us. And um, why don't you tell our listener where you are right now and what you've just done? (laughs) Yes, thank you. Um, Thank you as well for having me. I'm honored to be on the podcast today. And yeah, for just a little point of reference, I'm currently pulled off um, on the side of the road in Delta, Colorado with a uh, freezer trailer full of beef behind me and two big dogs to keep me company. Another day in the life of a cattle rancher, I guess. Yeah. And I, well, tell everybody about um, Eagle Rock Beef and how you got there. Sure. Thank you. So um, my name is Aaron Michalski. I am the head uh, marketer, I guess I'll call myself, at Eagle Rock Ranch. Um, I started Eagle Rock Beef for our family cattle ranch as an outlet to sell our beef direct to consumer in 2019. Um, kind of a a little interesting backstory, but I grew up in Colorado with horses. Our family never dreamed of even um, having cattle, uh, much less an entire operating cattle ranch like we have now. But um, somewhere along the line, my parents retired and decided to purchase a cattle ranch back in 2012. And um, life has really taken a drastic turn since then. So um, growing up with horses, I've always loved agriculture. Um, it was always a dream of mine to have, you know, horses in my backyard and such, but, um, never did I know kind of the scale that that my life would take me in, in terms of agriculture. Um, once my parents purchased the ranch, we were selling beef primarily to, um, whole foods actually, and things were going great. Uh, we had a great partnership, but I was, I was really noticing this need for a direct to consumer business. I had, I had multiple friends continue to ask me, well, we like buying our beef from Whole Foods because we know some of it comes from you, but how do we get your beef? Um, we, we want, you know, those happy cows that we see at the ranch. Um, so out of that kind of this direct-to-consumer beef business was born in 2019. The positioning that you found, did that come to you? Here, I've got my marketing hat on right now. You know, just going, well, how has she identified the position in the marketplace? Is it something that you had seen other ranchers do, or was it something that you just kind of went, Ooh, we could probably leverage what we've been doing with whole foods in a bigger way. You know, it was, it was really a combination, I think of multiple factors. Um, I would say that our, if I, if I start with kind of something I'd seen um, in the market, I had seen other ranchers starting to do this. 
Um, obviously, tools like social media are such a great resource for people to kind of dip into other people's branches and lives and see kind of what they're doing with their product. And so I started to see this trend um, with people that kind of looked like me, um, for lack of a better word. And I just thought, well, I could do this too for our ranch. Um, things are going fine like they are, but you know, I've had people asking me, like I mentioned before, and we were kind of selling beef here and there on the side, but nothing really um, streamlined or easy to access for consumers. And then I started seeing these, these other um, ranchers popping up on Instagram, really, that were doing the same thing. And then I have to say that that timing was just really ironic um, that it worked out for us. We launched in 2019 with really our first year being 2020. Um, and while most people would cringe by saying, geez, you launched a business in, during the pandemic, um, launching a beef business was probably the business you wanted to launch during the pandemic because of um, there was a lot of fake news around meat shortages and you know, people were home and they were cooking more. And then really, um, I think as people were cooking more and really taking a deeper look at um, what they were putting in their bodies, whether it was, you know, noise around, you know, do I vaccinate, do I not vaccinate? What do I eat? What do I eat to keep me healthy? Um, people really started to dive in deep on um, nutrition and diet and knowing where their food came from. So launching the direct beef business, you know, during those 2019, 2020 years, um, that really helped my marketing position. Um, but that was really, you know, just kind of dumb luck. But oh, I, I had, don't think I it was dumb luck. <laughs> I think you had a pretty good sense of, well, I think a lot of us felt unsafe. And you gave right. people safety and security. Plus, it was a direct delivery to their to their home. Which exactly. Is, and people didn't have to go to the grocery store for right. it. We do and ship. You can um, check the yep, box. So check the box. Oh, and listener, I'm going to have all the information so that you can go check out their great, great tasting beef. I've had the pleasure of two or three orders now. And um, there's a little surprise that comes with it that I I might have to put on our Facebook page so you can see it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it, it couldn't. It, it's just quality. Very, very good very um, tasty quality and you can really taste the difference that's so it's kind of makes me sad if I have to run in and just get some ground beef and go it's true <laughs> where did this come from because it doesn't have the same taste um, right now your background though you were pretty darn successful in Connecticut weren't you before you decided to make this pivot in your life I did. So I kind of glazed over that here in the beginning, but um, you're absolutely correct. So I actually went to college um, at the University of Virginia and was a finance major. And um, upon graduating in the very early 2000s, um, I went to work on Wall Street, actually, in uh, we were we were headquartered in New York. I, um, I worked both in Connecticut and in New York City for a large investment bank um, on their equity sales side. And that was my career for about 10 years before um, I had my first daughter, Adeline, in 2012. Um, but that was my, that's all I knew. I was, I was a finance major. I wore a suit to work. Um, I definitely wasn't picking up heavy boxes like I was today. And um, that's what I did. I met my husband at work um, out in Connecticut. He was from Michigan. Um, neither of us were from the East Coast, but that's where work was. So we ended up um, getting married in 2008, had three children out there and really were kind of growing a beautiful life um, 
and I joke about it, but you know, end of the cul-de-sac with the white picket fence. I that's where that's where I was living. I had a white picket fence, and I was at the end of the cul-de-sac, and I thought I'd kind of made it. So we um we did have a have a very great life back east. And um when our when our third daughter was born in 2016, um, my husband Matt and I just knew that there was probably a little bit more to life than what we were doing. Um, it was an extremely scary leap, I must say. We sold our house in Connecticut and moved across the country back to Colorado when Harper was eight weeks and one day old. <laughs> she literally wow. um, went for her eight-week checkup, and I boarded the plane the next day, and Matt Matt drove a U-Haul, and um, we, we moved back to Colorado. I just, you know, I, I kept seeing pictures from my parents, or we'd go back and visit, or pictures that my brother was, you know, posting with his family out at the ranch, and I just... I, I couldn't wait any longer to, to be able to have my children be able to experience that um, every day for themselves. So yes, we took a drastic change. Um, very drastic. I don't think it can be much more drastic from yeah, you know, Connecticut was, investment banking yeah. <laughs> to where I am right now. That was a sharp right turn that you took, but if pictures are an indication of how happy your family appears, uh, everyone seems to be thriving. Is that they are? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would say um, it was definitely a shock to the system. I think it definitely took both Matt and I a few years to kind of let it sink in and be like, this is going to be okay. Um, I don't want to sugarcoat it and just say, yeah, it was you know it was instant gratification. It was really scary and hard to leave everything that we had worked so hard for and knew. Um, but here we are, fast forward, I guess six years being back home and. You know, um, you mentioned the pictures, and everyone likes to put their pretty, their their best and pretty stuff forward. So um, that's the easy side. But my children are extremely happy. Um, so am I, and I think that my husband found a lot of peace in this own sort of life out here as well. Yeah. Um, but I think I would be remiss in you know not acknowledging that it was a you know it was a, it was scary, it was risky, and. Um, it wasn't without sacrifice. I mean, we both left really well-paying jobs back east with security and, um, you know, bonuses and paychecks and all the nice things that come with cushy city jobs. And we um, are living a much different life now, but I think internally it's definitely for the better. Well, I just have to just tell you, listener, you can't tell, but I'm smiling through her explanation of when you hear courage, and you hear um, that things work out when you make these big changes. I just love to hear the saying sometimes, what if it turns out better than you thought it would? Really appreciate that about you, that you were just able to, and your, 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 your parents are there. You're with your family, which is just amazing. We are. Yeah, we are. My, uh, my husband's family still in Michigan, but we do see them from time to time. But um, I mean, even today, we are, my husband had to be on the road for some work meetings. I was on the road picking up beef and uh, my parents have our youngest Harper today at the ranch. So what a gift that is that she can be. Um, I'll actually post some pictures later today, but they're riding their four wheelers and checking on cattle and um, playing with the new barn cats and just outside enjoying each other and something that we couldn't have done if we were still 1600 miles away in Connecticut. And, you know, one thing that we, that we kept saying to each other when we were making this scary move was we can always come back. Yeah. Um, but I think that's something that's important to keep in mind whenever you make big shifts is like, it's okay to go back, you know, and 
um, that will always be there if you need it. But knowing that that's there and you can kind of take that step forward and and trust that things will work out is what we did. Well, you kind of walked into a, I can't think of a more male dominated industry than (laughs) than ranching, but how how has that been for you? You know, I will say I, um, I was pretty, I've, I've been blessed that I've, um, found myself amongst a group of women who were all doing the same thing in different parts of the country. And we met at, um, kind of a ranch marketing conference back in early 2019. Um, and the five of us are thick as thieves. It's like the best friends I never knew that I had before I met them, which was fabulous. And I think it's just because we're all, um, women in kind of a male dominated industry, but also doing the same thing, trying to, trying to be good role models for our children, trying to, um, you know, provide fresh, safe beef to the country. And we're all doing it direct from our family farms and ranches, which is pretty fun. So having, having those women on my side has really been key, I think, to any success I've had, because we bounce ideas off each other. We take spring breaks with our children together. We're just really a great source of um, support for each other. But also, I let's not forget, I came out of the investment banking world. So <laughs> I was one of, um, geez, probably just a handful of women on a trading floor of a thousand plus. There weren't that many of us even back in 2002 when I started. So um, I, I, I guess I had really thick skin going into it. Um, I'm not sure if, if ranching or investment banking gives you thicker skin, but they both give you thick skin. So I guess I picked two of those. And um, I guess I would just say I had, you know, I had kind of my fair share of um, being able to stand up for what I wanted and what I needed kind of going into this industry. So I haven't, I haven't been met with many challenges um, with that. I'm happy to say. Is there any tips that you can give our listeners perhaps when they're facing male dominated work groups and do you all, do you feel listened to all the time or is there anything that you've experienced that would help them? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a fair question. Um, I do feel listened to. There are times I will say, um, and I'm, and, and I, and I'm, and I'm okay with it where I will have to, you know, call, um, call my dad upon something to make a call for me that needs to happen. If it's, if, if I feel like I don't, like I'm not getting through where I'm not being taken seriously. Um, it's few and far between, but there's, but there still are, you know, those instances where I'm like, can you make this call? Cause I'm not sure they really think I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. And that happens from time to time. Um, but I do think that especially to this industry and, and really to any industry, um, both males and females bring different aspects. And my mom and I talk about that a lot in ranching. Um, and my dad will be the first to admit it to my, my mom and I are really in tune, I think, with cattle health and, um, and the needs of the cattle, whereas my dad might be much more in tune with um, other aspects of ranching, like how our hay operation might, might be working at that time of the year. So I think that kind of our different um, innate tendencies as male and female help us highlight different aspects of our businesses and kind of that cohesiveness of having both males and females in the business really make things just more efficient, whether it's um, in investment banking, listening to your clients and getting trades done, or it was in ranching with, you know, being the one that really can tell when that calf might be a little bit off and needs some extra TLC. Um, and then you have, you know, whether it's my husband or my dad can kind of help with the muscle and, you know, ensuring that we get them 
treated the way that we need to treat sometimes. So I think I, I like to say there's just really a nice balance between kind of the different aspects that males and females can bring to any role. And you just got to kind of hone in on those, you know, and focus on what you can bring to the table. Yeah. Well, I, I, it sure sounds like you're hell, you're having a hell of a good time (laughs) where, (laughs) where a lot of people perhaps in investment banking are not. So it's true. (laughs) That's true. It's good that you found I'm playing around. I do joke sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I was going to say, I do joke sometimes with my dad. We were, um, he was helping me unload some beef boxes a couple months ago and, uh, it's a lot of work today. I have this big refrigerated trailer behind me, but sometimes in the winter, I'll just drive the truck and we'll load up the truck and then we'll load it into the freezer when we get home. And we're sort of lifting these 50 pound boxes. And my dad looked at me and he said, don't you sometimes wish he's still a desk job? <laughs> and I said, sometimes I do that. So I think that, you know, there are, there are times where you're like, really, this is what we're doing. Um, but the majority of the time, I would say it's extremely rewarding. I think that's a pretty honest response. I think we all can probably view when we've gone to something new, it was so much more comforting to be in something that we knew before, you know, that the newness, the newness is jars your body, you know, jars your head, you gotta, you know, get new alignment. And um, the old seems very comfortable, very, you know, correct. But Absolutely. on the other on the other hand, you wouldn't be having some of these great gifts that are coming your way, right? With your oh, I just can't imagine the relationship with the kids and their connection to right. the earth and connection to the animals and seeing. Absolutely. Yeah. I've spent the past um every weekend since June fourth, I believe, my kids and I have been on the road to some type of gymkhana, which is a fancy word for games on horses. So barrel racing, pole bending, um, and the like. And it's been such a special time for me to really bond with them during these ages. My oldest is almost 12, my middle boy is 10, and then my youngest is six. And so they're just at these prime ages where we have, you know, an hour and hour plus in the car on the way there, and then all day, and then an hour plus on the way home. And um, the, the lessons they're learning and winning and losing and competing and uh, working with their animals is something that I really would never have been able to replicate if we weren't been able to come home um, and experience it for ourselves here. So right. that's something I really can't put a price on. Yeah. I, I, I think you must be learning a lot about teamwork as well, especially as a yeah. family doing things where yeah. I know, I know probably in business and investment banking, you were given the opportunity to do teamwork, but I don't think the consequence, well, maybe you could say the consequences are pretty serious if you don't work it out as a team. But in your case, we're talking about, you know, you could be in a, in bad weather. (laughs) You could be putting yourself at risk for things if you couldn't work together as a team. There's a, There's a, there's a, there's a mug I have in my store that makes me laugh. And it says, um, I love Jesus, but I cuss when I move cattle. (laughs) It kind of sums up, um, a little bit about this teamwork thing that you mentioned, because, you know, when you're working with animals and with, and with cattle and with family, you throw that in there. So much can go wrong and, and, you know, emotions can get really high. Um, and it's easy to get mad at those you love the most, right? That's, 
that's kind of human nature for, I don't know why, but that's just how it goes. Um, and, and that's primarily who we're working with. It's either um, my mom and my dad and I at the ranch or my husband comes and helps on the weekends when he's not working his town job, as I call it. Um, there's a lot of family interaction and you really have to figure out how to work well together because if you don't, just like you said, someone's either going to get hurt probably, like that's, that's a very real type consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, or an animal is going to get hurt or there's going to be some type of wreck because we're dealing with, um, you know, anywhere from 80 pound calves when they're born um, all the way up to 2000 plus pound bulls. So we have very large animals we're dealing with um, that really, you know, have the flight or fight instinct in them and you have to be very careful. So teamwork has been something that I think our whole family has really learned to hone in on over the past couple of years as we work together and like it kind of kind of like I referenced earlier, really you know focusing on what you're the best at and taking that role. Um, I find now when my mom and dad and I go and we work cattle in the um, calf barn, whether it's to give kind of fall vaccines or whether it's to pregnancy check the cows in the winter, um, we all kind of start to just assume our natural positions, which took us a while to work out. But that's a perfect example of a team. I'm my my dad will go be the one that feeds the cows up into the chute. Um, I'll be the one to catch them in the hydraulic head catch and my my mom will vaccinate. That's just kind of our, that's just our flow. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's our team. And the kids will, will take notes. They'll, they'll be our recorders, which is great. They'll write down numbers and um, write down if one's hurt or their weights or whatever it might be. But we all kind of naturally fall into those roles now um, as kind of a team unit, which is great. Yeah. I want to ask you a question and I, I found recently, my husband and I are thinking about, you know, if we sold our home here in the Silicon Valley, (laughs) high tech everywhere around us, where would we go? You know, like, where would we go? And the thought of it makes me realize how attached I am to our, our little plot of land. Do you find yourself so grounded in in the land that you're using and the animals that you're with um i will say so you know again i had no idea what i was about to walk into for what i was going to give up you know and um our our ranch is just the most special special place and i feel very blessed that i'm able to experience it through um, my parents joy for retirement (laughs) but Yes, we have a deep connection there, whether it's fishing, um, whether it's riding the horses, whether it's having, you know, a campfire, making s'mores after a long day with my parents and the grandkids. It's just, it is such a special place. I think for all of us, it's it's a place of refuge for um, animals as well. We have lots of wildlife that comes there. Um, if you ask my mom, my dad never likes to leave there. So he never wants to go. And, he, you know, it's just, it's such a special place that I think we all feel drawn to it. Um, and very connected. We actually have no cell service out there, which, um, is interesting because it brings you back to like the, you know, like the eight, the eighties and the nineties when I grew up, when you had to go over to a pay phone and if someone called you better answer the phone. Um, so we're very disconnected there, which is great. We do have Wi-Fi, but, um, you're just really kind of out on your own. Your cell phone's not buzzing. You're not checking your email on your phone. You're not calling people. Um, you're really just there, which, I think is a blessing and I hope it stays that way. Yeah. So yeah, we, we absolutely love it there. It's, it's a very special place. Um, 
and there's really no other feeling like it. Yeah. Well, I think um, it might be good. I don't think we mentioned this. If you tell the listeners where your ranch is and how they can be in touch with you because we, so we go if we go back to the basics a little bit um so we as i mentioned are the eagle rock ranch and if you look at the state of colorado it's a big rectangle and if you were to draw across through it we're right in the middle um so we're about an hour and a half southwest of denver kind of for some proximity to what people might know um so we're close enough to the city that we can get to denver if we need to but we're 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 far enough out that we're definitely removed we ranch at about nine thousand feet which is very high and brings lots of issues and elements in the winter. So that's kind of a whole nother topic, but um, that's kind of where we are geographically. And then our website is eaglerockbeef.com. And you can learn all about our ranch there. We've um, speak back to teamwork. I made the website. My dad helped write the content. So there's lots of um, very in-depth, great content about kind of the history of our ranch, which was actually homesteaded in 1868. And it's been a continuous cattle operation ever since. So uh, we celebrated 150 years about, I guess it was four years ago. So there's a lot of history there. Um, many families have owned it over the years, I think just because it is tough to ranch at 9,000 feet above sea level. But that's where you can find more information about us. And then I do my best to share um, the good about agriculture and the good about ranching on my Instagram, which is at Eagle Rock Ranch Co. Um, and you know, there I just kind of try to show that I'm I'm like any other mom who's discerning on what she wants to feed her children, and I still you know like to shop at Target like like the like the mom next to me too. But I'm also hauling beef and ensuring that that you know if you want to have beef that you know exactly where it came from and how it was raised, um, and what it ate, and that it was a happy animal um, to feed your family. That you can get that from us. Um, so that's kind of what my purposes on social media, but yeah, Eagle Rock Ranch or EagleRockBeef.com is our website. And then our Instagram is at Eagle Rock Ranch Co. And they can order on your website, right? Yeah. So we actually, um, yep. I didn't even, we had such a fun discussion about the deep stuff. I didn't even get to mention that, but we do have a, we actually have a retail store, which is what I, what I also do um, in Fair Play, Colorado which is kind of in between Breckenridge and our ranch, still up in the mountains. So we have, we have, we have a retail store that's open five days a week. And then we also have um, an online direct-to-consumer business. So you can order online. You can get everything from one pound of ground beef to a big old box of steaks or whatever you would like. But um, it's all available online as well. And what's the name of the retail store? Is it also it, Eagle Rock? It's the Eagle Rock Ranch Mercantile. Yeah, so we sell... Um, primarily our beef product, but then we also have branched out to um, different like kitchenwares and housewares and some t-shirts and different, you know, sauces and marinades that complement the beef. So mm-hmm. the Eagle Rock Ranch Mercantile is our store and it's been a lot of fun kind of having that outlet where I get to interact with um, customers on a day-to-day basis and really kind of hear what they want in their beef and what they like about our beef and why they choose our beef. And, um, and I guess, you know, mentioning where you can buy my beef. The other thing I would just say is um, every rancher across this country is working so hard to put food on tables across the world, really. And um, the one thing I would say is, you know, just do your best if you can. I challenge your listeners to just buy from a rancher. Uh, Maybe it's someone local 
I'm, you know, the, this day and age direct to consumers gotten so big, it's it's pretty easy to nail down um, a local direct to consumer business in your area if if it's not mine. Um, but I just think that it's so important with so much of our beef being exported um, to China that it's great to be able just to buy directly from a um, rancher that's you know close close to you and then and that you can support what they're doing. Great. Well, I think um, unless there's something else, Aaron, that you'd like to share with our listeners? Just kind of my my last thought is, like you said, I think sometimes when you make these drastic changes, um, you have no idea what could be ahead. And I think it, you know, it's good to remember that your rewards might not always be um, rewarded in kind of like a monetary fashion. When I think of, you know, leaving my investment banking job for um, moving boxes of beef, but emotionally and kind of spiritually and where I am with my family and my children, um, the leap of faith we took has paid off exponentially. So you can always go back, but there could be a big reward out there. You know, I've been playing around with this notion of purpose, right? Like somebody will say, you know, what's your purpose in life? Or, and I, I don't know, but sometimes it sure seems like, like we do this complete circle almost in life where the road changes for us for different reasons and we go down that road for a while but we go back on the other take the other turn like Mm -hmm. I don't know if this will make sense but when I graduated to say when I graduated from college I had the choice I could either go get a master's degree in education, or I could go and get a master's degree in business. And my dad heavily advised me because he was in education to go the business route so that I could make more Mm -hmm. money, right? I went, had a career in business, like just keep going, you know, and then I last year retired. And now I'm coming back to education. It's like, sometimes little seeds get planted. Yeah. And that, I mean, that, yeah, that completely resonates with me too. I, um, I mentioned it briefly at the beginning of, of this talk when I said I grew up with horses and, um, I kind of chuckled, you know, when you mentioned that your dad said, we'll go into business. Cause I vividly recall, I wanted to be a vet. And I remember my dad saying to me, um, Aaron, you should probably go into business so you can, so you can pay for your vet. And I thought, well, okay, I guess he makes a good point. Um, and I think that's just kind of, you know, what our, what our parents thought was probably best for us at the time. Like you can't fault them for that. No, just like all. you, I had a great career in business too. Um, but I think I will approach it a little bit differently with my kids, knowing what I know now. Um, I think my heart was always where my heart was. And just like you said, you're kind of circling back to education. I think, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think you kind of know what you what you want in your core and it's so important to follow that beacon um but it's scary when you're young and those that you trust and you love are kind of steering you in one direction or the other um because that's who you trust and that's what you're going to do but i think we all know kind of what we want and what we need down deep in our souls and it's just a matter of kind of following those arrows that just touched me in my core too i I feel that, and I know our listeners will too. So what a joy, to, and thank you for pulling up on the side of the road to talk oh, to of us. of course. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, up 
up here in the mountains, we don't we don't have service everywhere. So you, yeah. you got to kind of pull over when you have service. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so. And um, safe journey home. And people, Thank I'm you. telling you, her beef tastes terrific. Please go check it out um, it, and treat yourself because it really makes a difference. So. Thank, Thank you, Erin. I appreciate you having me and being able to tell the good story about agriculture. And um, I look forward to listening to the rest of your episodes. Thank you okay. for letting me be on today. Absolutely, Erin. Thank you. Bye yep, now. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please leave us a comment. This helps us reach other listeners. Also, you can join us on our Facebook um, page, Girl Take the Lead, and visit our new website, girltaketheleadpod.com. I hope you'll check out Eagle Rock Ranch and order your beef from them. (laughs) They offer you very tasty quality beef, plus it's reassuring, isn't it, to know exactly where your beef came from and that the cows were nurtured and loved. Let's support our local ranchers. Next week, we'll feature Sarah Crandall, who will talk about liberal ladies from Holly Springs, North Carolina. Another story of girls taking the lead. Thanks for listening.